0: Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is made possible in part by Organic Valley, a farmer-owned cooperative producing local food with the future in mind since
1: 1988. Learn more at OrganicValley.com.
2: Welcome to the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
1: Women's voices will come out of the shadows, and they will drive their own development and destinies. Global decision makers will no longer be able to ignore us, and we will become a united and political economic force that will hold corporations accountable, overturn dictatorships, improve the lives of men and boys, and create a culture shift of a life that is valued over destruction. It's all alive.
0: It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives.
2: We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet creating a future environment of hope.
0: Equal and exact justice for every citizen. That was the platform of the Equal Rights Party when Belville Lockwood Ran for president in 1884. Matilda Jocelyn Gage, elector at large. How proud I was to have my name on that party ticket. Because we stood for something. We recognized the sovereignty of Indian nations. We stood against monopoly, an end to it we called for. The tendency of monopoly is to make the rich richer and the poor poorer.
2: These are the resounding words of Matilda Joslyn Gage over 125 years ago. Feminist leader Gloria Steinem calls Gage the woman who was ahead of the women who were ahead of their time. Her writings on women's rights, slavery, politics, and peace are powerfully modern. Yet her seminal role in the 19th-century women's rights movement was largely unrecognized in history books, until, that is, the detective work of 21st-century feminist scholar Sally Rush Wagner. At a recent Bioneers conference, Wagner took to the stage in full costume to literally embody this feminist leader whose rich vision foretold the volcanic rising of women's leadership today.
0: And most importantly we called for an end to war. If we got every nation on earth to agree to mandatory binding arbitration of all disputes, we would end this relic of barbarism and we would end war as a possibility by the turn of the 20th century. We knew it was possible. It had been done long before white people came to this nation, to this land that we called the New World, in what is now New York State. Five nations came together and agreed that they would never war against each other. And so perfect was this Republic, one of the oldest in the world that Thomas Jefferson borrowed the Declaration of Independence from the Constitution of the Iroquois Confederacy. Everything in this Confederacy was equal and just. Never was justice more perfect, never was civilization higher. Women had an equal voice with men in all things. When I was arrested for voting in 1893 in a school commissioner election in New York State, I was adopted the same year into the Wolf Clan of the Mohawk Nation And I was given a voice in that government. The women had final say in all things related to war and peace and everything related to birth was decided by the women. They... ...were the absolute sovereigns of their own bodies. And because birth was sacred... ...they were the ones who were given the sacred responsibility... ...of bringing forth life from the soil. They did not cultivate with a plow... ...tearing the skin of the sod, no they literally tickled Mother Earth with a hoe, and she laughed forth abundance. The women began first with planting the corn, and then the beans twined around the corn for support, and finally, the squash covered the mound, holding the moisture in and the weeds out. You call these people heathen? Well, we have the responsibility, we are told. The world believes they're heathens, and we must bring to them the truth, the knowledge of the truth that we practice. Well, our devotion is to money, and we never really thank that which sustains us. We know that exact and equal justice is possible. We know that an end to war and a permanent peace is possible. We know because it is the legacy of our land. Thank you.
2: Author and feminist Dr. Sally Rush Wagner, giving voice to 19th-century feminist Matilda Joslyn Gage. Gage and other emerging women leaders of the time were searching fruitlessly for a model anywhere in the world where women were equal. Then they found it, in their backyard, in New York's Iroquois Six Nations Confederacy. Like its profound influence on the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights, the Confederacy's gender practices became a kind of shadow soul for the vision of true societal equity between women and men. There is nothing inherent or inevitable about history, Wagner writes, but history is a tale told by the winners. Only now is the story of women's role in history surfacing. History is at last telling her story. Leaders such as Gage and Wagner, who earned one of the first doctorate degrees awarded for work in women's studies and is a founder of one of the first women's studies programs in the United States, have laid the foundation on which young women are now reimagining the world. Today, technology is also radically shaping history. For the first time, it's possible for women to freely share their own stories worldwide. Enter global media innovator Yensina Larson, beaming the stories of women around the globe through her world pulse. She's showing how this generation of women is an unstoppable force at a moment of historic change. This is Sisters in Spirit, Women Transforming the World. My name is Neil Harvey. Welcome to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature.
1: Aloha, mingalaba, buenos dias a todos, bonjour, jambo, as alaikum. Hmm, many people often ask me, what does the pulse stand for in World Pulse? For me, it absolutely symbolizes this electric pulse of women's voices rising across the earth, and I'm so feeling this today,
2: Yensina Larson was raised in rural Wisconsin. Grounded in a sense of her own innate intelligence, she followed her heart and transformed her inner calling into action.
1: With every cell of my body, I believe that the creative human potential of women and girls is the greatest untapped resource on earth. And I believe that we have the potential right now to use the power of media and communications technology to truly connect and truly unleash this potential. And the implications for the environmental movement are vast, as we have the power to activate legions of guardians and champions for the Earth that are, right now, unseen. So I'd love to tell you a little bit about my journey building World Pulse from a vision at a very young age. But perhaps most importantly, even though I grew up so paralyzingly shy, somehow, uh, connecting to this network of women around the world has helped me find my own voice. And when I tap really deeply into my own voice, this is what I have to say, that it is absolutely urgent the task for us now, at the time when there's no nation on earth where women have equal voice, that we apply all of our human power to develop the architecture, the communications infrastructure that can channel the wisdom of those women that are living in the midst of some of our earth's greatest challenges so that their voices can reach the public, so that we can hear their needs in their own words, that we can hear their agenda in their own words.
2: World Pulse began as a print publication and over just a few years morphed into a worldwide media communications network. Larson's vision was inspired by the stories of courageous women living in one of the most brutal dictatorships in the world. As an undercover journalist in Burma, she conducted secret interviews. What she discovered was appalling. Her reporting on NPR and Air America helped awaken the world to the stories of women who had witnessed unspeakable atrocities and lived through impossible odds.
1: As I interviewed these women who had endured the absolute unthinkable, who had had many cases, their villages bombed, their animals tortured, their children even tortured in front of them, and uh, the military army, known as a school for rape, many of them had been very seriously violated, they were so courageous and all I could do was be in awe as I held the microphone in front of them and trembling, really, with the determination that they had, this flame, I often call it a flame of determination I see in eyes of women, to bring about democracy, this yearning, the vows that they had, the visions, the solutions, the plans that they were creating. And I remember waking up one morning in Thailand in a very, one of those hot, hot mornings where you're already totally drenched in sweat, and I knew I was going to go and do more interviews, and I just thought, what, what is their future? Because so many of those women and girls were being trafficked into the underground brothels where the rate of AIDS infection in some were 80%, literal death traps. But I had a vision then of a media source that could truly broadcast the wisdom of these women. I felt like this really is gold. What if we can show the world that they are poets, that they are innovative, that they are organizers, uh, educators, caregivers, and just tremendous leaders for the world? I could feel women's leadership, not just here, but in the Amazon and all over, starting to rise. And uh, I felt like it needed to happen. But, I was 23 years old at that time and I was really shy and also had no publishing experience whatsoever and I had no resources. I couldn't even go to my family for $100. So I doubted myself again and I really, really held it inside for about five years until I was 28 years old when I finally took the leap. but. It took a couple of things. One, it took the voices of those women that wouldn't leave me alone. I would continue to wake up in bed in the middle of the night and say, where is this? It needs to happen. And then I started looking at the data and just understanding how absolutely staggering the imbalance is. And I had felt it, but I started to realize it. For example, realizing that in the media, in global news stories, women are only the center of stories about 10% of the time. Women are only 1% of world editors. This in the media, which really defines what we feel is possible in the world. Women do two-thirds of the world's work, yet make 10% of the world's income, and own 1% of the world's financial assets. is really quite staggering.
2: When we return, Jensina Larson speaks about the greatest untapped resource on earth, the power of women. This is Sisters in Spirit, women transforming the world. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. You can download this and other programs on the radio pages at Bioneers.org. As Yancina Larson soon demonstrated, the pervasive power of global communications can awaken women's power and fuel their vision for themselves, their communities, and the earth. When she launched World Pulse as a vehicle to disseminate the voices of women, she tapped into swirling currents of synchronicity and caught the wave of history.
1: We started getting waves of interest, deluged, really hit up from two sides. One side was mostly women from North America who had had the print magazine passing it among friends and saying, Oh my God, I hadn't hadn't heard about the situation in Iraq from these Iraqi women leaders. I didn't realize the Holocaust that was happening in the Congo or that there were solutions for the peace plan for the drug war coming out of women leaders from the United States. And they were calling us, ringing our phone off the hook, because they wanted to do more. They wanted to do more than just write a check. They really, really wanted to connect. They wanted to travel there, they wanted to volunteer, they wanted to, ch- to donate their resources. On the other side, we were getting emails from very remote places where you wouldn't think that there would actually be internet access, from the heart of the jungles of Colombia and rural parts of Africa, many, many small projects, small education or healthcare clinics, women there saying, please cover us. We, we want uh, the but we did not have the ability to cover all of these stories. And that's when we started to conceive of Pulsewire. As we looked out, there were three things that really reinforced our decision to go for it strategically. And I call these three unstoppable trends that we are now facing in our world today. And the first unstoppable trend is the rise of women's leadership. It is undeniable. We're seeing it around us from political leadership, but across all sectors, business, government, and religion. You see Ellen Johnson Sirleaf in Liberia, you see Michelle Bachelet in Chile, you see in Rwanda, women now having over 50% in the parliament, which is is really incredible. The US, yes. (laughs) The first country, the very first country in the US we are lagging a bit behind at 69th in the world for political leadership, so we do have some some work to do. Then, the second unstoppable trend is the communication revolution that is galloping across especially the developing world, so it actually is literally feasible for women to have more access than ever before to speak to the world. We're seeing, even in remote and impoverished villages, from Iran to South Africa, women are using their laptops, cyber cafes, and cell phones to communicate market information, to build influential movements, to report on violent crimes, and even accessing information such as healthcare. We're also seeing what I think is very exciting, the consensus that empowering and investing in educating women and girls is the fastest way to solve global problems. We have uh, It's really coming up extremely strong right now. I mean, when you have the Pentagon of the United States using a benchmark for the security of a region of how many girls' schools are there, we know that, that things are changing. And you have the Dalai Lama that just recently proclaimed a few weeks ago in uh, Vancouver that. Western women will save the world. Very interesting. (laughs) Businesses are starting to wake up because they're realizing that women do control 85% of consumer spending in North America, so controlling the the market potential, and the economist also saying, forget China, forget technology, it is women who are driving the global economy. The problem is, this is all wonderful, all these trends, and the perfect time for doing something like pulse wire, but the problem is is that this is a lot of rhetoric in that it 's not truly translating yet we 're still the resources getting to women 's groups are still a trickle, and there are huge barriers because so many of these women 's groups and programs are extremely isolated and I think one of the biggest barriers is, is our own internalized oppression of our own voice holding us back. When you have experienced so much, especially physical abuse, one in three women have experienced violence or rape in some form, then it's really hard to believe in your own self. And when we don't recognize our own power, that is the biggest thing that's holding us back, is not seeing these models.
2: Yancina Larson's vision for connection and sharing among women supports women everywhere to recognize their own power and become leaders in their communities and in the worldwide community of women.
1: Now we have women from over 140 countries. It's like I go on, I drink my morning coffee with Pulsewire, and I read it before I go to bed at night, and it is, it's like a sanctuary, I just, I love it, but it's like having the electromagnetic field of women's thoughts and minds, like cranked up the volume, you know, just so amped up, and we hear incredible stories, like uh, Sunita from Nepal, doing microfinance in a village of 500, who says, this is a revolution for me, yesterday my neighbors didn't want to hear from me, now the world is waiting for my voice." and starting to organize with women in Nepal through pockets of the country that she saw on our site and organizing locally to mobilize for youth, which is now beginning to be called Web 3.0, using the web to create local, generate local community. Life-changing friendships like I had. A group called the Friendship Club started by another woman in Africa teaching illiterate women how to read and write by matching them up with pen pals in the United States. She started with 20 women, now it's spread to 200 in over four villages, and now she wants to spread it to over four countries. And the women she's matching with from Europe and North America are flying there and meeting with these women and embracing and being inducted into the the tribes and, uh, (laughs) and starting mobile medical clinics and making films It's amazing. What does this mean for the environment? It's massive that women are hit hardest by environmental degradation. It's 40 billion hours that uh, women are spending walking for water to get clean water. Imagine if that was freed up for income generating and caring for children. Um, There's little programs that are starting, like the Barefoot Solar Engineers, where women who are illiterate are being taught to be solar engineers within six months. And as they electrify their villages, their rise in income status, the development that it brings to the village lights for the school children to read, this program has electrified over 350 villages across India, Afghanistan, and Africa. So... As women awaken to each other's power and to our power, we are literally awakening legions of these new guardians, of these ambassadors for the earth. And when women feel confident, feel free from the shame of rape, they're going to be freed up to stop the rape of the earth. They will be our whistleblowers. They will be our guardians. And what can we do? We need a massive infusion of resources. We need to build the communications infrastructure first so we can hear where the resources need to go. And the education of women is key, but not just mathematics, not just arithmetic. I'm talking about the education, the confidence of inner power and leadership. And once you connect women, they are going to teach each other that. And, you know... The future is a beautiful thing when we see this unleashed. Women's voices will come out of the shadows, and they will drive their own development and destinies. Global decision-makers will no longer be able to ignore us, and we will become a united and political economic force that will hold corporations accountable, overturn dictatorships, improve the lives of men and boys... And create a culture shift of a life that is valued over destruction. So I hear it now, I hear it storming the airwaves, ringing in the halls of Congress. And I speak from experience that this is not about charity, this is women that are empowering us, and we are on the brink of an eruption of a volcano that will shift the world and empower us all. Thank you.
2: Jensina Larson, storming the airwaves with an electromagnetic field of the voices and visions of women, and Sally Rush Wagner, echoing the feminist forerunners on whose shoulders today's women stand to build a world that values life and equality. Sisters in Spirit, Women Transforming the World. of this program and many other Bioneers radio shows are available at the radio pages at Bioneers.org or by calling 1-877-BIONEER. That's 1-877-246-6337. Visit Bioneers.org, where you can learn how to attend the annual October Bioneers National Conference and local Beaming Bioneers Conferences. Purchase the radio series, conference CDs and DVDs, and Bioneers books. Join the thriving online Bioneers community and become a Bioneers member or make a donation. All at Bioneers.org or by calling 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, is a production of Collective Heritage Institute, Executive Producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior Producer, Neil Harvey. Managing Producer, Stephanie Welch. Production Management, Aaron Leventman and Chuck Castleberry. Station Relations by Creative PR. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original Recordings provided by Focus Audiovisual. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Disc label. Additional music was made available by Glenn Velez and Laurie Kotler, Takadimi Duo, at www.glenvelez.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters, and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the Underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 0410.
0: Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is made possible in part by Organic Valley, a farmer-owned cooperative producing local food with the future
1: in mind since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.com.